0: This is the Well Connected Twin Cities Podcast, bringing you conversations about holistic health and wellness with local voices so you can get to know the incredible experts we have access to right here in the Twin Cities. Have you heard about our new on-demand classes? You can learn from local experts in a variety of holistic wellness topics, from homeopathy to breathwork, yoga to cooking. There's a ton of exciting topics to peruse, and you can find it all on our website. Each class is only $30, and you will have lifetime access to the recordings, printable materials and be able to learn and implement some new things into your wellness practice in real life. You'll also be connected with these local practitioners and know who to go to if you want to explore these topics a little bit further. Check it all out on our website, wellconnectedtwincities.com. Welcome back to the Well Connected Twin Cities Podcast. I'm your host, Lily Zaborowski, and this episode features Courtney Iverson, owner and proprietor of Recuper Acres, an outdoor nature area just outside of the Twin Cities Metro that's hosting mental health professionals and their clients for therapy sessions outside and in nature. It's the first mental health park of its kind in the state and one of only a few in the country, but with the results they're seeing in the early stages, I could absolutely see this concept growing over time. Studies show that time in nature has a positive effect on our overall well-being, and some of the early results from the pilot group that used this property last fall were really promising. Courtney has a unique story of how this all came to be after her own experience of finding solace in nature when she was processing grief, and you'll hear all about it in this episode. Let's get started. I am here with Courtney Iverson, owner of Recuper Acres. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Lily. Happy to be here today. Yeah, happy to have you. So let's start by just introducing what Recuper Acres is. Do you want to explain a little bit about it? Sure. So,
1: Recuper Acres has been permitted by Carver County to act as an ecotherapy facility, essentially, a private mental health park where mental health and wellness professionals can bring their clients to integrate nature into their therapeutic processes. <sighs>
0: So cool. Is this like the only place like this in the area?
1: Yeah, so far the state of Minnesota really hasn't gotten big into, um, you know, integrating, uh, nature and therapy. So it sounds like there might be some concepts that are similar to this. They might actually be like therapist owned, not necessarily a shared property for therapists that are in like Colorado and Washington. It sounds like, um, or Oregon, excuse me. But, um, for the Midwest and the state of Minnesota, this is the only concept of this kind.
0: So unique. So what part of the state or Metro area is it located in? So it's,
1: uh, borders Carver and Hennepin County in Watertown, Minnesota. It's basically five minutes west, northwest of Halstead's Bay of Lake Minnetonka. So, um, you're driving to suburbia instead of far up north.
0: Nice. So it feels more accessible yes, definitely. definitely. So what made you think of starting this? What inspired this? Um, Do you want to share your story?
1: Sure. So it's actually a story that kind of goes back, you know, nine years, um, uh, 2011 or 10 years actually now, but, uh, in 2011, I was graduating from college at Metro State and my interest in nature acting as a therapeutic resource was influenced from a professor that I had there, his name was August Hoffman. And so I worked with him and in order to graduate, I needed to do um, an independent uh, or some form of internship. And so I did an independent self-design internship that was based around the benefits of indoor urban gardening, which addressed issues of institutional racism and lack of accessibility when it came to foods that were used from underrepresented cultures. And so that project uh, got some recognition at the college, but then I never really got into that field. I stayed in um, IT project management. I, I got more into um, training in IT. But anyway, that same time, same year, my mom gets diagnosed with younger onset Alzheimer's. And that was awful, life-changing, totally didn't expect it because she was 49 years old at the time. Wow. So it was an awful process Took like six different doctors to diagnose her. And so, you know, it was very difficult. We didn't know, you know, we, we read about what we would be expecting when it came to the um, prognosis and the decline from the disease, but um, obviously actually living it and experiencing it becomes just so much more awful. So mm-hmm. she gets diagnosed. Time goes by. We're going to fast forward to 2014. My mom continues to decline. And so the area that is actually permitted on the farm, so the farm is 77 acres, but 10 acres are the space that we cleared for our wedding because it was easier to have our wedding in a place that was familiar to my mother. So just having everything right on site because it is easier with Alzheimer's disease to keep people in familiar places. So, um, it just so this was sense. a property
0: that you owned your family. Yeah, my, it was
1: the family farm that I grew up on. Got yep. It,
0: yeah.
1: So so then so after 2014, we maintenance it for our 450 person wedding. I mean, we just had this wow, huge Wow, that's a big wedding. That, yeah, that we we planned in like 4 months and it's just crazy uh, when you think back like that we actually got that much stuff done, but we continued to maintain the property for personal use after that. And so Fast forward again to 2019 and the completely unexpected happened. So obviously we knew my mom was sick. She was actually already in hospice by that point for about 13, 14 months, I believe. And my dad gets diagnosed with prostate cancer, has surgery, gets clinically or surgically cured of prostate cancer. And he dies like two weeks later from a blood clot and so it was just the oh, biggest punch in the gut because he was 60 years old and i thought my dad i mean he took care of himself he was the staunch strong farmer so i was convinced he was going to live forever you know like i never thought that we'd come in possession of the farm um you know as soon as we did and and so when he passed away immediately i was just like what are we going to do because mom's in hospice you know And i went to nature i went to that spot on the property you know that that i knew um, just from you know my past and school and and things like that and my dad's experience of being such a strong caregiver and always so positive but he was also somebody who was always outside as a farmer and working for mndot so he's always immersed in nature so i was like i gotta just follow what what he did and what i know and so uh, me and my family basically just spent as much time as we could in nature at the farm. You know, if we weren't at the farm on um, uh, the Recuper Acres area, we were hiking at parks up by where we live in Maple Grove. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's it was just a philosophy that we found very helpful because then you know, after my dad passed on Easter actually in two thousand nineteen. Oh. To make it more typical, it's literally just around the corner, yeah. but my mom then passed August 2nd. So it was just like compound grief after compound grief. And then her parents, my grandma died two weeks later after her and grandpa died four months or not four, oh, four weeks after year. that. It was just like insane. It was just like, you know, I couldn't even believe that it happened. You know, it was basically the same as here are four people in a car and they're in a car crash. And they all die different, you know, it was basically just something similar to that. And so it was yeah. just so hard to process. And, and again, going to nature was the solution for us. And so, you know, part of our experience was then to apply what we learned that, hey, allowing access to nature, giving access to nature during really, really difficult times is a real solution for people that can help them through processing their grief and, you know, just Finding different ways to take the benefits of immersion in nature, and you know, using it in those grief-stricken situations.
0: Yeah, what a story! Yeah, it's pretty.
1: Sometimes explaining it, it's almost overwhelming. I swear, my face changed like to red a couple different times. Yeah, get emotional telling
0: it. I'm sure. I mean, it's it's a lot to live through. Yeah. yeah. And it hasn't been that long still, you know? No, no. It's
1: like two years and yeah. sometimes like, God, yeah. You remember everything like it was yesterday.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I mean, what a gift that you turned this experience though into something that more people can use to process emotion and, and, help themselves heal too. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about the property? Like, what does it look like when people walk into it?
1: Sure. So, you know, when you park, you're parking up at the front, like your typical farm. But what's very cool about a lot of properties in Carver County is, you know, there were large agricultural properties. There's a little farm road, you know, that always takes you back. So the tractor could get to the fields. And so. You follow the farm road down, and then all of a sudden you come to this forest, and there's an opening, and you follow this opening around, and you come to a creek where you could choose to cross the creek, or and take, or you choose to not cross and take some trails in the forest, or you could cross the creek, and that actually then brings you to the lake, which is all open green space. There's probably about 800 feet of lakeshore, and it's all in a private lake on Watertown. There's in Watertown, there's no public access to it. So it's just very peaceful, very serene, a lot of wildlife that you see, uh, you know, birds of prey flying around, Um, you'll see deer. So it's just, you know, it's a really, it's kind of, you don't think that there's these little pockets of immense nature and basically suburban areas, but they still exist. So it's almost like you park up on the road and then you just kind of walk back to
0: another world. That's so cool. Love that. So when people work on the property, is it open to anyone or do you have to work with a specific therapist? How does that work? How do people access it?
1: So they will work with their mental health professional, and then I work with their mental health professional when it comes to contracting. And then the provider will then get access to a shared calendar software where they can book an appointment on the calendar and then they take their client down. So
0: nice. Yes. Love it. Let's talk a little bit about the benefits of time and nature. I know you touched on it a little bit at the beginning, but you know, what have you learned in terms of how beneficial it is for people to, you know, work with a mental health professional in this setting? Like how is it different from, I guess right now, a lot of appointments are happening digitally or on, on zoom or kind of a telehealth situation or in person inside. How is it different to be working through these things out in nature?
1: Sure. So to answer your question, I'm going to answer it in two different stories. So I'm going to reference some studies that were done by Ming Kuo. She's very reputable when it comes to nature and its impact on mental health. But then I'll also talk to you about a pilot that was done on the property last fall by a therapist and some feedback that she had gathered from her clients to speak to this. So so when it comes to Ming Kuo's study, I'd like to reference one that she did regarding the Chicago Projects. So I believe there's either six or eight buildings in in the Chicago Projects. I don't know exactly what street it was off of. I didn't get into that detail, but these particular buildings were at first being analyzed to find out if sound influenced the uh, violent crime that was reported in the buildings. And so she actually, Ming Kuo, talks in her vitamin N TED talk on how she used to study um, sound, but she switched to nature because of this whole project. And so what they actually found is that the buildings that had trees and nature around them had less reported incidents of violence, you know, just any typical crime. And they had to, they came down to attributing it to the nature that was surrounding the building, not the sound. People who were in the buildings, it it was completely random. You know, they weren't people of a higher higher socioeconomic demographic Were in this particular building, it was completely random. And so from those findings, you know, there was just, it was just very obvious on the impact that it had on human behavior. And so now to discuss the, the pilot that was actually done. So there was the therapist that came out in fall, she brought four different clients and at the very end we surveyed them anonymously. And you know, we asked them some basic questions about their feedback on the facility. but specifically, we asked them questions like, did the outdoor environment, in natural views impact my overall wellness positively. Which we had them do a rating scale, tens across the board on that. Uh, I found a natural environments allowed for more meaningful therapy session. All positive feedback. What was very interesting at the time too, I asked them if they felt that therapy in nature was more effective than a face-to-face enclosed office environment. of course, you know, all in agreement that comes across the board that they just, you know, this was just so much more beneficial and effective than that institutional type of setting. Mm -hmm. Um, When it came to telehealth delivery, they felt that in nature, in person was more impactful. They also all agreed that yes, they would do another therapy session in nature again. And then the, one of the funny things that we found from this is when looking at their overall or their preferred delivery environment, I gave them the option in-person, indoors, like in an office, virtual telehealth indoors, in-person natural environment, or virtual natural environment. So your telehealth being done outside. And none of them chose the option of, of virtual telehealth indoors. None of them wanted to do that. And that was the primary way that everybody was doing therapy during COVID. So that was really, really interesting to get that type of feedback.
0: Yeah. Definitely. So
1: yeah, I mean, it just, it was really cool. So just hearing them being able to say that something made them feel really good was inspirational.
0: Mm, Yeah. That's so awesome. One question that just came up was, do people have access to the property, just like one patient to one therapist at a time? How do you figure out like privacy, I guess?
1: So there right now is a capacity of 22 on the property. I had taken therapists out during the pilot period, excuse me, pirate, and gotten some feedback. So I have the concept set up for one provider using it at a time with, you know, could be a group therapy session up to 22 people. However, the property is big enough with how it's laid out to actually probably have multiple providers on there at once. So I'm still making a decision around that. I think some of that could easily be accomplished by rerouting some of the trails too. So it's kind of a work in progress, but I think I'll deploy it just as a a one-to-one for now. Mm -hmm. One provider on the property with however many, up to 22.
0: Yeah. Cool. So you're relatively new. You launched last summer with the pilot program, right? Yes. And then how well used is it right now? Do you have a lot of openings for people to be using it? Are you looking for more people to be using I
1: literally, it? literally, my permit is April through October. So I literally just am reopening.
0: But it's pretty available. So if people are listening to this and they're like, Ooh, this sounds yes. interesting. It's pretty easy yeah. to get a time slot in there. Definitely. Yeah. Right cool. now you definitely could. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So you have a fundraising event coming up in May that relates to your experience and with your mom specifically. Do you want to tell us about that?
1: Yeah. So this is the sixth year we're doing it now. It's the Morels and Memories Mushroom Hunt and Alzheimer's fundraiser. Obviously started in honor of my mom. She dealt with the condition. And the event is based around an educational competition where participants are brought on the recuperators property but then also neighboring adjacent properties it ends up being like 100 acres of woods that they're brought to and guides which are a lot of them are like my high school buddies that have just done morel mushroom hunting for years will take people out into the woods and they teach them how to find morel mushrooms and then there's like a contest around the person who finds the largest morel the first morel the most morels and they win a prize and so then once once they're done with their hunt, they come back and there's a chef demo. So they learn how to clean them and um, prepare them and cook them. We have music, additional food and drinks. And then uh, for the past few years, beyond last year, of course, because we had to make last year an online scavenger hunt due to COVID. But we've had, I've got a lot of buddies who are, are great artists. And so we've really tried to add art components to the event. And I have a friend who makes a morel mushroom pinata, <laughs> so oh, like fun. years. Yeah. And, and we've gotten target to donate the candy. So that was, was just, you know, a fun little thing. We try and have something for everybody. Just make it a really very much a family event.
0: That's awesome. And when is that this year? It's Saturday, May 22nd from uh, 1230 to four 30. Great. And you do it every year in May.
1: Yeah. The weekend will change here and there, but. Yeah. So we chose the 22nd this year.
0: So cool. Love it. Well, anything else you want our listeners to know about your property and what you do?
1: Oh, but you know, just I bet it's available and ready for use. And we have some additional like, seating down there. I've got some chase lounges, you know, for oh. anybody who just wants to sit and chat in the sun, you know, while they're conducting their therapy session. So, you know, please reach out if you're interested. I'm- I'm happy to chat and give you some more information.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This is like a little short and sweet, but I think we've got all the things we want our audience to know about.
1: Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you having me, Lily. Yeah,
0: of course. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Well-Connected Twin Cities podcast. We would love your help getting the word out to more local people in the Twin Cities. Would you take a moment and give us a review on Apple Podcasts? Take a screenshot of the podcast and share it on social media and let other people know about these stories that we are sharing. Thank you so much for being here have you heard about our new on-demand classes you can learn from local experts in a variety of holistic wellness topics from homeopathy to breathwork, yoga to cooking there's a ton of exciting topics to peruse and you can find it all on our website each class is only thirty dollars and you will have lifetime access to the recordings printable materials and be able to learn and implement some new things into your wellness practice in real life. You'll also be connected with these local practitioners and know who to go to if you want to explore these topics a little bit further. Check it all out on our website, wellconnectedtwincities.com.